Always busy. What Always is busy. what is slowing down? Welcome to their episode. What podcast is this? The what? Welcome to their episode of the Music City Drive-In, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. Sorry for that beginning, folks. I always forget. Matthew Fox and I normally are doing the, the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast with a cheap plug there. But on today's episode of the Music City Drive-In, I figured what better person than the person that I think watches just about more television than anybody that I know uh, to join us for the top 10 best TV shows of 2021. He's probably going to laugh at half of my list, but for me personally, folks, those listening at home, I typically only watch pilots and review pilots. If a show perks my interests enough, then I kind of dive deep into the entire show. But I have, I watch a lot more movies than I do TV, obviously. But what I'll probably spend the month of January doing is catching up on a lot of the shows that I haven't seen yet. That's typically what I do every year. But with that being said, without further ado, I'm joined by my co-host here today, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, bud? I'm doing pretty good. You know, those that follow know that I, I do the pilot and second episode. I'm somewhat similar to you in that if something piques my interest, I'll I'll keep going with it. But I also have a few uh, long-time shows that I've been following. I probably watch too much stuff. That's what my wife would say. Yeah, I do too. I just, I, I don't have time always to really binge watch. And I'm trying to do so much at one time already as is, as my wife would tell me. But um, with that being said, I'm excited to do this because whenever I thought about it, I was like, man, we need to do some best of TV show recaps. We're going to do a best movie show coming up very soon. But I wanted this just between me and you because I do watch, I have watched, I think I watched, I don't know, I was like roughly 20-ish plus full season series. And I've watched some bad TV this year. So narrowing it down to my best, I, I uh, really enjoyed. You know what, I'm going to put you on the spot right there. What is the worst pilot you watched this year? Or just off the top of your head? Oh, man. I don't know. I'd have to, you know what? I'd have to probably go back. I have a, you know, you'll appreciate this from my reporting days. I have this reporter's notebook. This is where I track pilots and I have the grades. And you can see if I line it out, that means I watched the two. I wrote about it and there was no chance I was continuing. And then if I star them, they're going through. I There have been so many horrific shows i would i'd have to look i know there's a few things that i gave like f's to earlier in the year i'll tell you what there's one show that i loved for like the first i don't remember how many episodes it was maybe seven well actually the first two episodes were solid the third fourth and fifth were kind of meandering and then like the sixth and seventh were really strong and then the season finale just completely ruined the entire show for me and that was clickbait i really liked that show a whole lot and then the and then the big reveal was terrible. That's one that I really kind of was annoyed by this year. You know what? I I when I was scanning this thing, I just came across I forgot. I watched uh, you know, I will watch pilots of pretty much everything. Those of you that read the thing. I forgot about they they remade Jellystone, um, which is a cartoon, uh, Yogi Bear. And I was like, well, this will probably be good. And I know it's supposed to be aimed at kids, I checked. The first episode, like, is some kind of meta exploration where Yogi ends up eating all of his friends in a in a fit of rage. He eats them all, and then they have to explode something so that he vomits them all back up. And I thought, this is not what I was looking for from my Yogi Bear. And 
I don't know what kind of conversation you'd have to have with the five-year-old that you thought you were showing a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. That's that's definitely interesting. I know there's one show that I didn't love the pilot of that I know you like the show. It might even be on your top ten, and that was Schmugadoogadoon or whatever it was called. So I was definitely not a fan of that one. But it's probably on your top ten, so that's why it's going to be interesting to maybe talk about. Maybe it's not, but who knows? We're not going to tell you until now. Folks, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth throughout our top ten. So Matthew Fox is going to hit us with his 10 through 8. Then I'm going to hit you with my 10 through 8. Then Fox is going to hit you with the 7 through 5. I'm going to hit you with the 7 through 5, 4 through 2, 4 through 2. And then we're going to be, do the big reveal of what our number one TV show of the year is. Mr. Fox, I'm going to let you kick it off, kick us off here and give us your 10, 9, and 8 TV shows of the year. Yeah, so my number 10, I am going with Only Murders in the Building. Uh, it was a comedy that was on Hulu. Um, I thought the pilot was very engaging. It's uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, which doesn't seem like a triumvirate that you'd put together, but it just works really well. Loved Amy Ryan's uh, part in there. They had a good cast. Uh, had a very fun style, a lot of fun humor. I really appreciated the mystery down to the end and the way it sets up for a season two. Um, that was probably one of my surprises. Number nine, Apple TV Plus having a hell of a year. It is Schmigadoon. I know that you did not take it, you know, didn't cotton to it like I did. It's basically a musical send up of musicals. And there is uh, episodes, it's only six episodes. They're each about a half hour. I burned through it in a day with my wife. She was never so, she'd never cared that I was a, a critic or anything until I got the Apple TV screeners for uh, Schmigadoon. And then she was like, this whole thing might work out for me. But Keegan-Michael Key and Cecily Strong are the leads in there. The whole cast is great. Alan Cumming, uh, Christian Chenoweth, Fred Armisen. My favorite episode is number four, where Cecily Strong essentially teaches reproductive anatomy set to the tune of uh, Doe, a deer from The Sound of Music. It can't be unheard. Um, it was simply fantastic. So that one made it in there for me. And then number eight, uh, it's not quite done. Of course, they couldn't manage to finish it inside the calendar year of 2021, but it's Yellowstone season four. I love Taylor Sheridan. I love his writing. I just watched the first couple for 1883, the new spinoff with Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, and it's really good. But Yellowstone, um, I, I was into it a little bit the first season. It's just kept pulling me in. We left season three on a huge cliffhanger, had to wait 18 months, and that season four premiere was more than worthwhile. It's basically The Godfather with Cowboys. So I know that may not appeal to everyone, um, but I just love Kevin Costner in that role. Kelly Riley is incredible. Um, I love Luke Grimes as his son, Casey, and Cole Hauser uh, as Rip. It's just got a great cast, um, and I'm really enjoying this season. Yeah, I've never watched Yellowstone. Uh, I do know that you've talked a lot of the good things about it. Um, I just there's four seasons. I'm already behind, so I've just I'll put it on my radar at some point in the near future. Only Murders in the Building is one of the shows that I really wish that I um, watch fully. I do plan on binging it because I do know that is it looks good. Like you know, it looks good. It looks like it's a lot of fun, and that's the kind of TV that I really, 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 really love to see. But with that being said, uh, my 10 is Outer Banks. I know that show's not the be-all end-all for some of you guys, but I loved it. I thought it was a great season. And that's why I wanted to put something that I really enjoyed 
that I could highlight that might not be the best well-made TV of the year, but it's something that I personally enjoyed. Coming in at number nine, I've got Loki, my favorite series of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe this year. They did some good TV. Well, they did some decent television this year, um, the very decent uh, Division, and then the very mediocre and very just blech. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then, of course, Loki really topped it off. I've only watched the first, I think, two episodes of Hawkeye, so I can't really go into detail about that, but I've heard that it's got good, it's meandering a little bit, but then it got good before the finale. I really don't know. I can't wait to check it out because, again, I just don't really have a whole lot of time. But my number eight is The Morning Show. Um, Apple TV strong. I don't understand. There's a lot of hate around season two of The Morning Show, Matthew Fox and I have talked about it several different times where I know we both kind of enjoyed the season. And I do think that I said before everybody watched it that I do think that the controversy around Steve Carell's character and how they did that storyline was going to really kind of turn people off. But I thought the show was pretty well done and I really enjoyed the entire season. I'm looking forward to season three to see what they have. And I really feel like Billy Crudup is really one of my favorite characters to watch on that show. Like the entire cast is strong, but Crudup, I just think brings an extra layer of kind of like sleazy, you know what I mean? He's like a sleazy guy, but you know, when you have those sleazy type of characters, how they portray themselves or how they act within those roles really kind of stand out. And I really loved him in that. So that's my 10, nine and eight Fox hit me with your seven, six and five. Yeah, and before I go, Outer Banks, um, you know, I love the season one. Season two, I, it, what, I didn't resonate as strong, but I, I watched them, curious to see where they go. Marvel killing it with the live action. And the morning show was actually my toughest cut. Um, it just missed. It was number 11 for me. I, I, I did like it. We watched it. I think it helped us. We watched it in a vacuum before we weren't watching it week to week where everyone's just taking big dumps on it. And you start considering if you have any sense of taste. Uh, number seven for me is mayor of Easttown. Um, that was a, a HBO mystery. I loved Kate Winslet in the role. Um, I thought it was a little bit heartbreaking, but kind of surprising in some of the ways that they did it. I was engaged by the mystery. Um, I was engaged by some of the creative uh, decisions that they made. I thought she did a really good job in the lead there. Number six uh, for me is the show Bosch. This was its final season. It's gone seven seasons uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, it was actually one. It's old enough that it was one of the pilots uh, that Amazon had released when they used to do all the pilots and let people vote to see if they wanted to make them into shows. I remember watching it as part of a pilot season and being really taken with the pilot and thinking, I love this. It's never going to get made as a show because that's how half of those Amazon pilot seasons went. Um, it came from uh, one of the guys who worked on The Wire, Eric Overmeyer. It's based on the Michael Connelly novels. Uh, Titus Welliver was is incredible as the role of, of Harry Bosch as a detective. Uh, I love Jamie Hector and Lance Reddick in there as well. Um, it's not truly over. The, the series Bosch is over, but they set up at the end uh, for what's going to be a spinoff of him and his daughter played by Madison Lintz. Uh, and I was really interested in that, but I thought it was a very strong uh, final season. If you've not seen Bosch, I think it's one of the hidden gems on Amazon. And then number uh, five, we're up to five, I think, right? Seven, six, yeah, five is uh, Hawkeye. Um, I am really enjoying it. Are you checking the math? 
I have to check the math too. It's hard when you do them in these sets of three. Yeah, so it's Hawkeye. Um, and that is number five. I really like Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld in here. Florence Pugh has been great the last couple of episodes. I like how it's tying into the larger world, um, you know, where we're going to see Kingpin and some of the pieces out of the old uh, Marvel shows that were on Netflix. Um, so it, it's it's been pretty exciting. I uh, Hawkeye is a character you haven't really learned that much about. Arguably the worst of the Avengers movies is Age of Ultron, but one of the interesting parts of that is when you learn a little bit more about Hawkeye and his family, so I'm glad they were able to go back into that. Um, there's been some really emotionally resonant moments, and uh, I've really enjoyed that. I think all of the, the live-action ones from Marvel have been good this year. I liked Falcon the Winter Soldier a little more than you. The only one that I struggled a little bit with was What If, the the animated one, which had some moments but just didn't have a consistent through line. Yeah, I had no interest in watching that at all, and I still have no interest in watching that at all. <clears throat> all right, so 1098, so I'm on my turn 765. Here we go. Um, this really, like, the meat of this right now is very hard. Um, once we get from like uh, the, this range here, this entire my top seven was hard, but I think one and two and three were solidified. But coming at number seven for me was Ted Lasso season three. Um, strong, 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 strong season. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I didn't like the trend of what Apple TV screeners are doing to us where they uh, release all the episodes except for X, Y and Z. So I got a little bit behind on it because I was trying to catch up on some other things. But Ted Lasso Season 3 packed a seriously strong punch. I think it has potential to go down as one of the best shows of all time. If the season, I'm glad they're ending it on Season 4. I love that these shows are realizing that it's time to cut the ties. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that some of these shows are prolonged for far too long. Which, speaking of the next show coming in at number uh, 6 for me is Succession Season 3. This probably would have been higher if I would have had a little bit more um, care on certain aspects of the show. Um, it's a strong show, but season three reminded me of like season two, three, two and three of The Walking Dead, where like they opened with a bang and then they kind of meandered and then they end with like a super duper big bang to set up for the following season. Um the Walking Dead reeled me in twice in that, and then I stopped watching it because I was like, enough with the lies, okay? The entire season sucked except for the last episode. But um, Succession Season 3, strong end of the show. Very excited for what's ahead. Um, number five for me, Midnight Mass. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal show. Still a show that I think about, and it resonated a lot with me. Some of the best dialogue-driven show that we've seen this year. Um, there's just a few other shows I like just a little bit more. It was very hard. This was one of those ones that was hard for me to figure out where I was ranking, but I was happy that it kind of made it into my top five. All right, Fox, three or four, three, and two. Yeah, I will try to do better on the on the numbers here. <laughs> and actually have a, a couple of the same, uh, obviously not succession because I don't watch that. Uh, number four for me is WandaVision. Um to me, it's still my favorite of the live-action Marvel ones that we've had this year. I love Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany in the role. I thought Catherine Hahn was great. I had no idea what it was going to be about and almost no expectations based on the trailer. Maybe that helped, and maybe that's why it stuck with me. But 
I love the creativity of the different sitcom genres and eras and as you're trying to figure out. But then when you get down the backstretch, it had some of the most beautiful and emotionally resonant moments, especially between those two and the meditation on on grief and uh, loss. Uh, and I thought it was very profound. It, it made a huge impact and, and has still stuck with me. And that's probably uh, for all four of the ones that I have up up in my last four it's that huge emotional connection if you pulled tears you made it into the top four which leads me to number three which is ted lasso season two um just some some beautiful moments and then some really heartbreaking moments they had one of the best christmas episodes i think i've ever seen carol of the bells um i really loved the arc for sam this season. Uh, I uh, Recapping the episodes, I watched each one two or three times, and I just dearly loved it. It was heartbreaking to see Nate's heel turn, but you could see that coming even the way they were setting it up in season one. He had some tendencies. Um, and I like that they weren't afraid to go a little bit darker. I know people said it was a little too upbeat and happy, but I don't really have a problem with a show that wants to be happy and lighthearted. We have enough dour um, things, and plus real life has been so, sort of dour. Um, I love Ted Lasso and his ability to forgive and to love other people despite their flaws has been consistently moving to me in, in the past two years, and I think you saw it again in this season, which was a little bit harder for him. And number two for me was Midnight Mass. I was uh, completely blown away um, by the writing and the performances. Uh, Zach Guilford, I just really loved his episode, um, you know, his arc and, and the episode where he he takes Kate Siegel's character out into the boat and is talking to her. And the end of that, I mean, I had to take a break from watching it. I was trying to, to burn through them. I didn't love the ending episode maybe as much as I thought it really hit a zenith for me in the middle. Those exchanges between Guilford and Hamish Linklater were just uh, incredible and I'm very emotional, very powerful for me. Yeah. I uh, speaking a little bit on Lasso as well, I, for some reason I said I think I said season three. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm tired. Season two, but I'll correct that. But I do think Ted Lasso also handled uh, mental health better than 99% of what we get put in front of us, as far as that goes. Too, I love the way that they're willing to tackle that in a way that doesn't make it like sure. It like Ted Lasso was all of us. Like oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine until I realize I'm not fine. But it, it's okay to seek out that help and, and get that. So. Coming in number four for me is a show I, I, I'm very happy that you put Hawkeye on here because it made me feel better for not having a show that's not officially complete. I got two episodes left on this show, or three episodes maybe, of this show, which is Dexter New Blood. Um, we all know how Dexter ended. We all were disgruntled about how it ended. But the one big thing that I was excited about is bringing it back, what they were going to bring to the table. Because at the end of the day, we still love these characters. And I still love Dexter Morgan as a collective whole. But... This show has been phenomenal. The kid that they cast as um, as his son, Harrison. I'm going to look it up real quick. I forget his name off the top of my head. But the kid that's playing Jack Alcott, um, who's playing Harrison, is brilliant in this show. And I love what he brings to the table. Um, with just a few episodes left, it's one of my easily one of my favorite shows of the year. It's fantastic. Um, if you were a fan of the original, you will love this as well some nice little callbacks to some old characters in there as well um for me coming in at number three was white lotus um the one show that 
was about nothing it felt like at most times but at the same time it's literally it's one of the most controversial shows i think of the year because either people loved it or hated it and there was just like there's no in between but i don't know it there was something about mike white's writing um with the performances as well obviously murray bartlett was just brilliant as armin and then of course jennifer coolidge but the entire cast was strong I don't know. It's one of those shows that you felt like nothing happened, but everything happened. And I think that's what it just every week felt like a spectacle. And it was one of the only shows. And now Dexter and Succession are two other ones that I watch weekly. But a lot of these shows that I have on here are very much binge worthy, right? They're all binge, binge, binge. Like they all released, um, you know, all at the same time. You binge them at the same time, or I got a, a, an opportunity to watch it early and stuff like that. But White Lotus was just was the show for me. I, I don't know what it is. I just it's it's amazing. I love it. I, I I love it. I don't know. I love the show. I can't wait for season two. I'm excited for season two as well. Um, speaking of another show that I love so much, uh, my number two show of the year is You. I love this show. Un, undeniably love for Joe Goldberg and lo love Quinn. I love their relationship. I love the writing. Some people may look at this show as like a trash type type show, and it's it's my kind of trash. If you feel that way, I love these characters. I love the show. I think the 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 writing is actually really good on this. I love the little arc that they had between Joe and Love throughout this entire season that led up to the culmination of the final episode. The pieces. This was probably my favorite uh, season of this show. They just had integral pieces that were really good. The, the supporting cast was even stronger this year than it had been in years past. Um, but you season three, I really can't wait for four. But um, it's a fantastic show. It's well acted. Ben, uh, Penn Bagley, I don't even know, Bagley, I guess. I don't know how to say his name. It's Badgley. Badgley, there we go. And uh, my wife, Victoria Pedretti. I'm sorry, my wife at home here. But um, she won't listen to this, so we're good. Um, but... I just love their, their, their arc, their love, their characters, and, and Netflix saving this from Lifetime is still one of my all-time favorite things because, well, then I wouldn't be able to watch it, so it's fantastic. So without further ado, your number one show of the year, Matthew Fox, is? Yeah, so, you know, ever since the Apple TV uh, Plus launch, you know, arguably the morning show was their flagship show that they – they launch with kind of the highest profile stars that they built around, but their, their best show for me um, since they launched is for all mankind. Uh, it's an alternate space race. It begins um, with the space race with a fundamental shift that Russia got to space and got to the moon before the United States and how that would have altered the timeline. So at the beginning, you start with a few more historical figures, but they built around these uh, kind of fictional characters. And the first season was really engaging, but the second season, it just really took off. I love Joel Kinnaman uh, in the lead role as Ed Baldwin, um, but Michael Dorman and uh, Sarah Jones, who play um, Gordo and Tracy, season two was a real showcase uh, arc for their characters who went through a real journey. And that season finale, um, you know, this second season is about the weaponizing of space and kind of the tensions, the Cold War tensions between America and Russia. And they just played it so well. And the season finale, which is called The Gray, is probably one of the best episodes I think I've ever seen. 
I was very dehydrated due to ocular fluid loss uh, at the end of that episode. My, I think my wife came in and thought like half my family must have died. And I was, it felt that way because it's, you know, your TV family. But um, I just loved it. And I think it's the real hidden gem for Apple TV. It launched at the, the same time when they made their launch in November of 2019. It's been kind of under the radar. It came out a little bit earlier uh, in 2021, finally with the second season. Um, you know, pandemic delayed a lot of things. And this one has a lot of high scale production stuff because it has to do with space. But I, I just really appreciate the performances and what they're doing with it. I have never watched an episode of that show. Um, I do remember whenever I saw season two dropped, I was like, maybe I'll watch the pilot after I watch season one. And I just never got around to it. Um, if I don't get around to watching a season one of a show, I typically never watch the series until after it's run its course, just because that means I, I just, I just binge it and get over with and, and move on with my life. Now, my number one show of the year is a show that I've I loved. I didn't expect to I didn't expect to love it the way that I ended up loving it. And I love this guy a whole lot. I love his work. I love his body of work. He's he's just he's obviously he's my favorite comedian. I think he's hilarious. Um and and seeing him in a different light was gonna be interesting. I didn't know if he could pull it off to this extent. And he not only did he pull it off, but he blew me away. And that's a true story. Um, Netflix's True Story is one of my, I, I, it's one of my favorite TV shows that I've seen from Netflix in a long time. There's a lot of good stuff, and they come out with a lot of good stuff. But this was kind of that original content, kind of in line with Midnight Mass as well. I think two of my favorite shows of the year were definitely different. But Midnight Mass is something that we've seen like this before in some different aspects. Maybe not a, not as dialogue driven, but it was still great. But for me, between Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes, I, I think their characters really. I think a lot of what made the relationship work was that brotherly relationship. And, and a lot of that stuff kind of reminds me of my brother and my relationship with my brother. So whenever we get that kind of situation in a TV or a movie, I really connect with it more deeply than I did elsewhere. But the performances are great. And I do think that there are some moments in it that really have some powerful resonating moments that kind of stick with you. And the writing was very good with the twist and turns. Theo Rossi, who I think is a very underrated actor, I loved him in Sons of Anarchy, and I've seen him in little bits and pieces of roles here and uh, here and there. But his his role as Gene in this series was was mind blowing. And like I said, it, it, maybe it's not the best show of the year, and maybe people think I'm crazy for saying that. But I genuinely loved each episode when I got the the advanced screening of of True Story. We binged watched all seven episodes in, and we watched I think the first like five in the day, first day, and then watched the last two the next day. It was that good, and it's a show that I can't wait to revisit myself either because it is a fantastic show. I loved it a lot. I thought the writing was great. I thought that the, the acting was great, and the twists and turns uh, really kind of stepped it up a notch. Sometimes when you have a show like that, when the twists and turns are kind of good, it kind of reminded me of Clickbait a little bit. The twists and turns were solid. But then the finale was just kind of, woo. but the finale on, on True Story really blew me away. So I loved every bit of it. It was my favorite show of the year, hands down. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't I wouldn't care if they just never made another a season of it. You know what I mean? I just maybe a, a one and done type of scenario. They might make another one because it's very popular. Obviously, it's got Kevin Hart. Anything with Kevin Hart's really attached to it, they really kind of bring back. But I loved it. 
I can't wait to to revisit it because it's my my favorite show of the year. But yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I loved it. It's my favorite show. I'm trying to think. I was gonna say what show in 2021 are you excited to come back? But then I remembered I don't really know what shows are coming back. But Ozark's coming back. I do remember that because it comes out the day before my birthday or the or, or the on my birthday, one of the two. And I love Ozarks. I'm very pissed that they're releasing the last season as two parts. Uh, I think they're doing like four episodes and four episodes, which really makes me mad. That's not why I watch stuff on Netflix. I watch it to watch it all at once, Netflix. But, but, but I will watch it. Also, I'm still looking for redemption for the Golden Globes. Is it Golden? Not Golden Globes. What is the Emmys? Emmys, that one for snubbing Tom Pelfrey for his fantastic work in season three of the ozarks but anything that you're looking forward to before we wrap this up fox uh yeah i'm i'm excited to see stranger things should be back uh, you know they keep promising it but in 2022 it's supposed to definitely maybe possibly be back um book of boa fett kind of launched here at the end of a year but most of what we're going to get is in the, the new year and i'm i'm excited to see the mandalorian come back um to see where we go because mandalorian season two was really good and left on a very powerful note that you know there's a lot of ways it could go and wasn't sure how it would would go so i'll be excited to see that when it comes back and i'm sure hbo will throw out something that we'll be uh, interested in at some point too because they seem to never end of finding new new stuff to suck you in i th actually i forgot the game of thrones spinoff comes in 2022 too house of the dragon yeah i uh hbo really every year always has that one or two shows that just come out of left field and they're like hey this is a great show for you to watch i haven't fin i didn't think i finished mayor of west town east town, east town. North town whatever i i don't think i didn't finish it. i watched the first couple episodes and i like it again it's just one of those shows that I didn't click a week Man, there was another show. What was the other show on HBO that I really liked? There was another one that came out this year. You did White Lotus and Succession were HBO shows. So. Yeah, there was another one that I feel like I watched and I kind of enjoyed. And I don't even remember what show HBO shows from 2021. I mean, I always enjoy Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, you never know what you're going to get with with that, but uh, – I thought it was good. Now I'm gonna get now. now I'm just gonna be mad. I'm gonna be mad because now I can't remember what it was on HBO that I watched this year that I actually enjoyed and finished. And it was not that I didn't finish. I just never got to finish Mayor of Easttown. I didn't think it really uh, blew me away. Hang on here. What do we got? TV shows. Come on, hit me with the TV shows here. Originals. Yes, yeah, so you guys are gonna get this play by play while we're we're still live here. Um, I don't remember. Was that this year? Hang on. That wasn't this year. Hang on. I really like Big Little Lies. Was season two this year or was that last year? Uh, I think it was last year. Yeah, see, I can't find it. I don't know. There was a show that came out this year that I really, really loved. Um, one show that I haven't got a chance to watch yet, and I know it's really deep and profound, like it's super deep, is The Underground Railroad. I never got a chance to watch that it's on my list to watch because I heard it's fantastic. I just haven't had a chance to really get, watch that one yet. Um, another one that I've heard that's got, it's a cheap binge watch is sex lives of the college girls. I'll tell you what, I'm on season two of sex education. That shows I've, I've had like 95 people tell me to watch that and I'm on season two of that. I'm, I'm digging that. I just watch it in between. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is to be honest with you. 
I'm, I'm just annoyed now because I can't find it. Maybe next, maybe next year, uh, Fox and I will come in and do some random TV shows for you guys throughout the year, um, where he talks about TV shows that he watches, and I just talk about the one that I watch a month. So, with that being said, make sure to head on over to the Music City Drive-In to check out all of Fox and I's content. My best of the year in your review sheet, uh, the year review posts are coming. Oh, scenes from a marriage. We both, oh, uh, that was really close uh, to making my. I didn't watch that. <coughs> my top 10. Well, that was that was probably one of the biggest HBO ones I forgot about. I didn't watch that one yet either. I know I need to. I, I got yelled at to watch that one. I just haven't had uh, gotten around to watch that one yet. I don't even know what I'm talking I'll probably remember it the moment I click out of this entire thing. But with that being said, make sure to head on over to the Music City Drive and check out Fox and I and everybody else's content over on the show. Um, Happy New Year because this will be released uh, in the new year. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to us and the support throughout the entire year. Make sure to follow Matthew Fox on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Follow myself at Ricky Blair underscore. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. Go Cowboys.